Romans chapter 4. It's a very familiar passage and it keeps, I keep coming back to it just to encourage myself. Now the Bible tells us we walk by faith and not by sight. Our walk with God is a walk of faith. We walk by faith, we live by faith. And uh, God points to Abraham as the father of faith. Romans 4.18 says, he is the father of faith. He's a forerunner. He's a front runner. He is the prototype, the example, the pattern for our life of faith. And then Romans 4.12 says that we are supposed to walk in the steps of that faith of Abraham. Follow his steps. Walk in the steps of Abraham's faith. And in the book of Romans here in chapter 4, verses 17 through 21, the apostle Paul in a very concise manner describes to us the process of Abraham's faith. What did he do to walk that walk of faith? What was Abraham's faith all about? What was it like? So Romans 4, 17, 21, uh, Paul describes that to us. We just want to read that together before we make a declaration this morning. He says in verse 17, I have, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls things that do not exist as though they did. So Abraham standing in the presence of God believing. Verse 18, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Against all hope, there was no reason for him to have any hope. But he still believed. According to what God had spoken. The only reason for him believing is because God had spoken. But in the natural, there's no other reason for him to believe. The facts were overwhelming. But he still believed because God had spoken. Verse 19 and being and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. So it says here that Abraham, you know, he didn't consider his own body. The facts were he was a hundred years old. Sarah was barren. Those were the facts. But he did not allow the facts to weaken his faith. But he still believed what God had spoken. Amen? So you and I have facts in our lives. There are circumstances. There are situations. There are problems. There are mountains. There are challenges. There are all kinds of things. These are facts. You don't deny them. But you cannot allow your facts to weaken your faith in God. What God has spoken. Amen? That's the Abraham kind of faith. And God says, I want you to follow that faith. I want you to walk in that faith. And the Bible says, Abraham came to a place where he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. He was just convinced. There's no reason for him to have that hope. There was the facts of all contrary, all negative. But he was fully convinced on the inside. And God says, that's the way I want you to walk your walk of faith. Amen? Against all reason of hope, reason for hope, you still believe. Why? Because God has spoken. His word is more than sufficient. Amen? Let's stand up to our feet this morning as we 
express our faith, we make declare our faith, we confess our faith. I want you to hold your Bible high up in the air. Say this out loud with me. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. This morning, we're going to conclude our study on the fear of the Lord. We began this two Sundays ago. Last Sunday, we had uh, Pastor Amos ministering to us. So this morning, we will conclude our study on the fear of the Lord. We, I just want to quickly review before we get into this morning's message. We began with that opening text of uh, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4, where it says, Through humility and the fear of the Lord, our riches, honor, and a long life. Through humility and the fear of the Lord. God says, you know, riches, honor, long life will come to you. You'll attract these things as you walk in humility and in the fear of the Lord. We began by trying to understand what does it mean? What is the fear of the Lord all about? In, um, in the Old Testament, from the Old Testament understanding, we said the fear of the Lord simply means to stand in awe of God. You're so overwhelmed, awed by who God is, that you yield everything in honor to who He is. That's our response. We stand in awe of God. In the New Testament, we said that the fear of the Lord simply means to have godly reverence. To have respect, reverence towards God. And we talked a little bit about the practical application of the fear of the Lord. So what if you and I walk in the fear of God? You know, how does it affect our lives? How, what would be the consequences of walking in the fear of God? Here are some things we said. I'm just quickly reviewing. We said, you know, when we walk in the fear of God, it brings us into godly living, righteous living. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is to hate evil. It's to hate sin. So we walk in godliness. We walk in righteousness because of the fear of God. We also said that unity is best among God's people because of the fear of God. When all of us are walking in the fear of God, it brings us together in unity. We submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. The fear of God also helps us as leaders. Many of us are in positions of leadership. And when we walk in the fear of God, we understand that the decisions we make actually represent our God. We're doing it on behalf of God. It helps us be godly leaders. Amen? The fear of God also helps us stand strong in the middle of persecution. You ask yourself this question, when man is against you, when people are threatening you, whom should I fear more? Should I fear a man who is able to destroy my body? Or should I fear God who is able to destroy both body and soul? Who deserves greater honor and greater reverence? And we also said that the fear of God is a walk in the Spirit. The walk in the fear of the Lord is really the walk in the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. Amen? When the Holy Spirit is moving on you, filling you up, He's going to move you to walk in reverence towards God. We cannot say, you know, I'm walking filled with the Spirit, but I do not reverence the things of God. They don't, it doesn't work that way. The Spirit of the Lord is called the fear, the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. Walk in the fear of the Lord is a walk in the Spirit. 
Here are some things we said about the fear of God. Now, this morning, I just want to address two things uh, before we wrap this up. I want to talk about the blessings of the fear of God. And then I want to talk about how do we grow in the sphere of God and having reverence for God. You know, in everyday life, whether you're in school, in college, you, you and I have people all around us who have nothing to do with the fear of God. I mean, they don't fear God. They just do their own thing, live life the way they want to live life. And, and uh, when we make choices and certain decisions because of the way we do, because of the fear of God, they might laugh at us. I mean, you mean to say you're living like this because you fear God, because you have reverence for God. And they might laugh at us. They might mock at, at the decisions we make. And so if we are not careful, you know, we tend to get pushed to a place where we want to give up on the fear of God. I just might, I might as well just be like the rest of the others, you know, just do whatever seems convenient. Why should I be the one who's walking in the fear of God? Want to give up the fear of God and forget it. Let me just join the crowd. Because after all, if I fear God, what good does it do to me? How many of you have thought like that or had the thought cross your minds? Some of us. They want to give up. Why should I fear God? And all those around me don't care. They don't want to fear God. They don't want to live in reverence for God. Why should I? So I want to encourage you and me this morning that, that God has spoken some blessings upon our lives as we walk in reverence. As we walk in the fear of God. It's not a, a, a futile life. It's not a wasted life. Here are some blessings of walking in the fear of God. I just want to run through some of them. The first one is simply this. It's, it's the beginning of wisdom. There are several places in the Bible where you read the statement that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Psalm 111 verse 10, for instance. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of God is, is understanding. So, good understanding of all those who keep His commandments. Now, what does that actually mean? Let's go to Proverbs 15, 33. A statement is made, but in a, in a different way that gives us some light in understanding the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33. Proverbs 15, 33 says, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. The fear of the Lord is the instruction, the direction, the guidance into wisdom. So when the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, what does it mean? The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. It means this, that when you and I are walking in the fear of the Lord, when we make our choices, when we make our decisions, out of the reverence that we have for God, out of our fear for God, we are going to be instructed, guided, and directed into wisdom. Amen? Meaning you're going to make wise choices when you make choices based on your fear for God. You're going to make right, wise decisions when you make your decisions out of your fear for God. Because the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. It leads you into wisdom. Amen? So the way to live life with wisdom, to live, to make wise choices, wise decisions, is first of all to base it on your fear for God, to birth it out of your fear for the Lord. You live a life of wisdom. Are you with me? 
So here's the blessing of wisdom. And the Proverbs talks about in several chapters. It talks about the blessings of living by wisdom. But how do you do that? It's got to begin with the fear of God. You make your choices and your decisions out of fear for God. And it leads you into a life of wisdom. Another blessing of walking in the fear of God is long life. Proverbs 10, 27. Just look at some verses here in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 10, 27 says, The fear of the Lord prolongs days, and the years of the wicked will be certain. So long life, God promises to those who walk in the fear of the Lord. That's another blessing. Proverbs 14 and 26 tells us this. It says, In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and His children will have a place of refuge. Here's another advantage or a blessing of walking in the fear of God. It says you will have strong confidence when you and I walk in the fear of God. The fear of God, the reverence that we carry for God brings us into a place where we are filled with the holy boldness, divine courage, strong confidence. That no matter what we face, we know that God is with us because we have a place of refuge. And this kind of confidence you cannot get from anywhere else. Amen? This kind of courage, inner strength, you cannot get from anywhere else. It comes from the fear of the Lord. How could David, when a whole army was sitting by, how could David say, I'll go and face Goliath? Because he had the fear of God that, that moved him into this place of strong confidence and courage to face such an enemy. The fear of the Lord birthed such strong confidence in our heart. The next one, verse 27 of Proverbs 14, it says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of wrath. It's, it brings forth, it's the wellspring of abundant living. The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life. It's the wellspring of life. So when you and I think, you know, listen, I, I'm walking in the fear of God. I'm walking in reverence to God. You know, my life is going is, is to amount to anything. No, the Bible says the fear of God is the wellspring of life. Look, out of this reverence that you carry for God, God's going to release all that you need for your life here on earth. It's the wellspring of life. It's the source of abundant living. Amen? Another blessing of, of walking in the fear of God is protection from discontentment and evil. Proverbs 15 and verse 16. I'm going to read two verses on this. Proverbs 15 verse 16 says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord, than great treasure with trouble. So it says, you know, it's, it's, it's better to have just little, just what you need, than have a whole lot with trouble. Why would that be? Proverbs 19, 23. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23. says this, The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. When you're walking in the fear of God, God's word says you will abide in satisfaction. Better is a little with the fear of God than a whole lot with all kinds of problems. The one who has a fear of God, the Bible says he will live with satisfaction. There's a holy contentment on the inside of you because of your fear for God. Something that you cannot derive from the possessions of this world. Amen. You know, sometimes we look at people who've got tons and tons and tons of things and we think like, wow, they must be the happiest person in the world. But you know, they're looking at you, you who may not have a whole lot, but you are very contented. And they're saying, 
I wish I could exchange all my wealth for that holy satisfaction that's in your heart. Amen. Because the fear of the Lord will help you live in that place of satisfaction. Does not mean you're not ha- you don't have any dreams or goals that you want to pursue. But inside you, you are contented. And that's something all the wealth in this world cannot provide. It comes from the fear of the Lord. Amen. I mean, have you seen people, I mean, they may not have a whole lot, but they're happy. Because they have fear for God and they enjoy their relationship with God. They're happy because of their living vital relationship with God. And then you can see people who've got lots and lots of things, but it's, it's all, you know, there's so much a problem. Everything, they've got to struggle. Uh, so, many, so many things happening. Discontentment. Holy satisfaction comes from your fear for God. And God does promise, and we've seen this verse before in Proverbs 22, verse 4, that by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Our richest honor in life. God does promise to release material blessings to those who fear Him. Amen? So don't let anyone or even the devil get you to think that you are losing out on life just because you are walking in the fear of God. Amen? God has promised that when you walk in the fear of God, you will walk in wisdom. God's Word declares... And when you walk in the fear of God, you will have strong confidence. You will have abundant living. You will have wealth, riches, and honor released into your life. You will have holy satisfaction. You will not be visited with evil. All of these things money can't provide. It comes from the fear of the Lord that you carry inside you. Amen? So don't give it up. Continue to walk as the psalmist said. Be in the fear of the Lord all day long. Walk in reverence towards God. Walk in this awe of God all day long. Amen. I want to just share quickly with us three ways that you and I can really begin to grow in our reverence for God and develop our reverence for God and express our reverence for God. You know, the first thing that you and I must understand is that we grow in reverence for God as we grow in reverence for His Word. His Word. We must reverence His Word, hold His Word in high esteem if we are going to learn to reverence the God of, his, of the Word. Amen? I cannot say I reverence God but not reverence His Word. They are inseparable. Go with me to Psalm 19. And you see something very interesting there. In Psalm 19, we're going to read verses 7 through 10. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 10. The psalmist says, giving or using different titles for the Word of God. He says in verse 7 of Psalm 19, David says, The law of the Lord, talking about the Word of God. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord, he's using another title for God's Word. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord, once again another title for the Word of God. The statutes of the Lord are right rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Again, another title for the Word of God. But then look at what he says in verse 9. The fear of the Lord. So, he's referring to the Word of God with different titles. He calls it the law of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the commandments of God. And then he continues with the, in that same thought saying the fear of the Lord. 
So the word of God is referred to as the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. This word is the fear of the Lord. We must hold this word in high regard, high esteem, reverence. If we are going to grow in the fear of God. Amen. You know, some of you might have watched Mike Murdoch. He says some now and then. He says, take your Bible and kiss it. I mean, not because the pages are holy. It's just a way of you expressing reverence for this book. Amen. Hold it on your heart. And embrace it. Hug it. Just as you. It's just a way. Not because, you know, you're going to become suddenly holy by holding this book. No. It's just you expressing reverence for this word. This is the fear of the Lord. This word. I want to challenge you. If you and I want to grow in reverence for God, this is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Have reverence for this word. Love it. Amen. The more of God's word that gets into you, the more of holy awe you'll be filled towards the God of his word. King Solomon put it like this in Proverbs chapter 2. If you'll go with me to Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, Solomon writes, he says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, verse 5, then you will understand. The fear and find the knowledge of God. What she's saying? He's saying, listen, if you will go after this word, if you will search this word, if you will treasure this word, if you'll cry out for this word, he says, then your heart will understand what it really means to reverence God. Amen. So I want to challenge you and I. Let's embrace the word of God. Let's love this word. Read it. Enjoy it. It's just refreshing. It will. It will so affect your heart that causes you to stand in awe of God Almighty, of how great our God is, and stand in reverence of Him, and it causes you to walk in the fear of God. It's important for us as we desire to fear, walk in reverence for God that we learn to depart from evil. We looked at this verse in the book of Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13. Proverbs 8 verse 13. It says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Proverbs 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance in the evil way, and the perverse mouth I hate. You know, if we want to grow in the fear of the Lord, in just walking in reverence for God, it is so important for us to understand that if we begin to dabble with just a little bit of sin, that little sin is going to rob you of that little fear for God. And very soon... When you go back to that little sin, the very thing that's going to keep you away from that sin, that fear of God, is no longer there. It's gone. And soon, we will become very tolerant of more and more and more sin in our lives, which eventually just robs us of the reverence for God. Either the fear of the Lord is going to keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from the fear of God. Amen? So there must be a decision inside you and me saying, you know, I want to grow in the fear of the Lord. I'm going to choose to hate sin. I will say no to sin. And every time you say no to sin, you're reinforcing within yourself that holy reverence for God in your life. You're causing that to grow. 
Because you're going to ask, why did I say no to it? Because I fear God. You're going to strengthen inside yourself that holy reverence for God. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Paul writes like this in 2 Corinthians 7, 1. He says, therefore, beloved, having these precious promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, he says, you know, God's given us his word. There are precious promises. Use those promises. Cleanse yourself from what is evil. Perfect holiness in the fear of God. Holiness in the fear of God. They go together. The moment I lax in holiness, I will begin to lose my reverence for God. They go together. Amen? So be serious about those little decisions you make. Let's become intolerant towards sin. And here's a, another very practical and very simple and perhaps not so obvious way of growing in reverence for God. And it's simply this. Give reverence to man. Give reverence to man. If you want to grow in reverence towards God. Because you know, John said this. He said, how can you say you love God if you do not love God whom you do not see if you cannot love people that you do see? The same thing applies here. How can you say you reverence God whom you do not see if you do not reverence people whom you can't see? And it's interesting to see in the Bible that honor for man is in relation with reverence for God. Look at some scriptures over in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Paul has uh, given instructions to husbands and wives and and, uh, talking about reverencing or giving reverence to your spouse and so on. And then he said, just prior to going into that, Ephesians 5, he says in verse 21, Ephesians 5, 21, submit to one another in the fear of God. Submit to one another. You honor each other. Reverence one another. Why do you do that? Because of your fear for God. Reverence one another. Submit to one another in the fear of God. So a good way to develop fear for God and develop your reverence for God is learn to reverence people God has put around you. Go to 1 Peter and we look at this verse here. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 17. 1 Peter 2 17. It says, honor all people. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Love your brothers. Fear God. Honor the king. 1 Peter 2.17, honor everyone, love your brothers, fear God, honor the king. What's interesting is this, that giving honor to people, which one of the things that we must do as believers, is connected or linked to fearing God. Honor everybody, fear God, honor the king, honor those who are in authority. Fearing God, honoring man, or honoring God, honoring people, they go together. Because of my reverence for God, I will also honor the people He has put in authority over my life. Amen. And for me to grow in reverence towards God, I must also learn to grow in reverence towards man. People is placed in my life. Because how can I say I reverence God whom I do not see when I'm not able to reverence man whom he has put in my life whom I can see. Amen. Here's a funny situation that really happened this past week. I, I was going to a school. I had a 10 o'clock appointment to meet the principal. And uh, I was there at 9.45, but I was at the back gate of the school. And uh, Watsman, security guard was there. I said, you know, I have a meeting 10 o'clock with the principal. Can you just let me in? He said, no, you have to come to the front gate. I said, I have an appointment with the principal. 10 o'clock. This is the back gate. This is the school. Can you just let me in? No, you have to come to the front gate. You know, I, at that moment, I wanted to fight my vein. I mean, this is ridiculous. I'm not a student. This rule is for the students. You know, I'm not a student. I have a legitimate reason to enter the school. I have to meet the principal at 10 o'clock. 
I'm going to come out to the gate. Don't worry. And it's like, but then I said, you know what? He's in authority here. He is in authority here. Even though I think, I personally think this rule is ridiculous. Even though I personally think, you know, he, all he has to just let me in. That's all. I'm at the gate. He's at the gate. Gate's open. Just let me in. I have to go all around the front gate. It's going to take me about another 10 minutes to drive around. Even though I personally think it was ridiculous, I said, God, I submit to authority. I literally said that to myself. I said, God, I submit. He is an authority here. I submit to him. doesn't matter. So I'm driving in my car. I said, God, I submit to authority. <laughs> literally, I'm doing that because I just have to get myself to do this. God, you have put in author- them in authority in this place. They have made a rule. I don't understand this rule, but I submit to authority. I give honor to whom honor is due. And I drive around to the front gate. Why would you do something like that? Because you want to honor God. And you learn honor for God as you learn to give honor to man. Because you cannot say you honor God to whom you do not see if you do not honor man whom you do see. Amen. You grow in reverence towards God as you learn to give reverence to people he has placed in authority in your life. I always want to conclude with this one verse from the book of Ecclesiastes. If you'll go with me there. Chapter 12 verse 13. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Solomon was a man whom God had filled with wisdom. He had a great reign ruling over Israel. Tremendous reign. Somehow things went a little out of sorts in his life. And towards the end of his life, he became more of a philosopher. He began to try to sit down and reason things out and try to find the meaning of life and search things through to find out, you know, what is life all about? And it's interesting to see his conclusion in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. Here's what Solomon says. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. So he's done all his research. Here's his final analysis. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. So he says, here's... The whole deal. Here's everything that you need to know. Fear God. Keep His commandment. This is it. This is all our life summed up in one sentence. Fear God. Keep His commandments. Why? Because one day God's just going to bring everything out in judgment. Fear God. I just want to encourage you and me to learn to walk in the fear of the Lord in our lives. In everyday life. In the choices you make. In the decisions you make. In your workplace. In your school. And in your college. You be a Joseph. You be a Daniel. Amen. Don't let your life be influenced by those who walk without the fear of the Lord. But you be a Joseph influencing others. You be a Daniel affecting those around you with your walk of reverence for God. Will you do that? Amen. Let's rise to our feet. We're close. Could you please take a moment this morning just to pray and say, God, I want to be a man or a woman, a boy or a girl who will walk in the fear of the Lord. And the choices I make and the decisions I make and the life I live. Let it show reverence for God. Let it demonstrate reverence for God. I want to be a Joseph. He said no to sin because he feared God. I want to be a Daniel in my day. I want to walk in reverence for God. And the choices I make, I want to honor you, God. Would you just pray a simple prayer in your heart? Saying, God, I want to walk in the fear of the Lord all day. We said this last time that the true expression of the fear of the Lord is to so walk in love, honor, and reverence for God that... In your thought, in your word, in your deed, you love what God loves and you hate what God hates. That's your expression of the fear of God. Your thought, your word, your deed. 
You choose what God loves or you hate what God hates. Father, we just pray that you will help us be people who will walk in the fear of God. And even when there is pressure around us, Lord, to conform, to go the way of the world, to go the way of those who do not have the knowledge of the fear of God. Father, I pray that you'll help us stand against the grain. You'll help us go against the tide. Help us to be Josephs and Daniels in our day. People who walk in the fear of God. And we thank you for the blessings you've promised. That if we walk in the fear of God, we'll walk in the wisdom. We will have strong confidence. It's the wellspring of life. That we will be satisfied. We will not be visited with evil. That you will release riches, wealth, and honor into our land. We thank you that it is not a wasted life. Because you release blessings on our land. May we grow in the fear of God. As we honor your word. As we choose to say no to sin. We choose to reverence man. Honor man that you placed in Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord be gracious. Lift up his countenance on you and give you. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.